Welcome to the February 22nd, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and cover some of the biggest stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Well, Bitcoin's going up a little bit today. Yesterday, Bitcoin was struggling to stay at 3900 and was actually as low as 3866 on Bitstamp. And then by the evening, it was around 3890. And then over the course of the night before midnight, Bitcoin rose to around actually 39.20 by midnight. It dipped a bit after that. It went down to 38.85, 38.80. And then Bitcoin rose up again uh, this morning around when the sun was rising in the eastern United States. It rose to 39.60. But now Bitcoin's at 39.20. It has dropped a bit again. The volatility of the past several days continues. Uh, just a little retrospective of the past, well, month basically. Uh, Bitcoin was originally around 33.50 at the beginning of the month of February, and then it rallied on February 8th to as high as 3,700 and settled around 3,600 for about 10 days. And then on February 17th to 18th, Bitcoin rallied all the way to $4,000. Since then, Bitcoin has been in sideways volatile action. It mostly looks like there's lots of buy support more than there is selling. But there's definitely some selling going on, but it looks like there's more buying. If you trace a line from like February 18th at the end of that big rally to like now, it looks like it's going up. Like it's gone up from like 38.70 to an average of maybe like 39.30, 39.40 right now. So it seems like there's an uptrend, which is a positive sign. Like the buying's overwhelming the selling. One very important thing today is the CME Bitcoin's future expiration is today. And it should be happening like about an hour might have already happened. And so basically, the CME Bitcoin futures expiration seemed to have a strong correlation to the Bitcoin price. In February, though, it was very confusing. Like, so Bitcoin was going down for like the first week or maybe like the first two weeks after the expiration on January 25th. This suggested that it was going to be a down month, but then Bitcoin ended up rallying. What I think happened is the CME features trade is shorted into a strong support level. Like when they shorted, it was around 3,500, 3,600. That's the positions they took to short. And they got Bitcoin to go down to like as low as 3,300. But the reality is they were shorting into a support level, a pretty strong support level. And then Bitcoin bounced back, like a kind of like a rubber band. It springed back, bounced back. And now it went up to like 4,000 recently. It's still above 3,900 right now. And now that the expiration is done, maybe they'll go long finally because they know if they go short, they could probably just get it as low as 3300 I guess that would be a pretty good short. So well, it could go either way. It, if they decided to go long, though, I think there's a lot of positive factors because the bear market has already gone down so far. It went from 20000 down to like almost 3000 I think Bitcoin would be ready for a rally if the CME futures traders and other futures traders are ready to go long instead of shorting the market heavily. Remember that this bear market started on December 17th, 2017, which is the same day the CME Bitcoin futures launched. And that introduced massive short selling pressure. So if they take off that short selling pressure, Bitcoin could bounce back a lot. It could go up a lot. Of course, zooming out on the long, long term chart, like what actually defines the end of a bear market? Like if you're on the one day chart on Bitcoin wisdom, you see Bitcoin going down from 20,000 to like 3,000. The recent rally to 4,000 is literally just a little blip on this chart. It almost looks like nothing. At the same time, though, it kind of looks like it's bottoming, but we can't really call the bottom yet. And we can't, the bear market's certainly not over. I don't think the bear market will be over until we rally many thousands of dollars consistently. And maybe we hit like 10,000 or even 20,000. They could say, okay, that bear market's definitely over. 
Uh, we can't even call the bottom yet, though. We're going to need to see, like, months of actually, like, positive bullish sentiment and a uh, long-term slow increase without any huge crashes down to, like, the bear market lows to say the bottom is done. That's not here yet. Anyways, as for the rest of the crypto market, it's a bullish day. So Bitcoin has gone up a little like 0.7% in the past 24 hours. Other cryptocurrencies are up even more. Some There's like one down at least. Like Ripple's down 0.4%. But Ethereum's up 1.7%. And then Constantinople hard fork is coming in like five days, even though the person in charge of the fork coordination like quit. We'll see what happens with the fork. They keep saying it's coming like in January. Like they were saying, yeah, it's definitely happening on like January 16th. It didn't happen because they found a critical error. They really have to do it this time, though, because the difficulty bomb is going off and causing block times to get exponentially uh, longer. Uh, it's kind of like stepwise. Though. Like every two weeks, it jumps. Um, so right now it's at 20 seconds. If it increases again, it'll be 25 seconds. Then it'll be 30 seconds. And then it, it starts getting higher and higher jumps in the block time. So they have to do the fork like now pretty much. So it'll probably happen as scheduled on February 27th. But yeah, Ethereum's up 1.7%, $148. It's way ahead of Ripple. So Ripple's at $13.25 billion market cap. Ethereum's at $15.52 billion market cap. And that's the way it should be. Ethereum is truly the number two cryptocurrency because there's like so many dApps and major cryptocurrency that are Ethereum tokens. EOS, up 2.8%. EOS is another platform. It's been kind of like the black sheep or whatever of the crypto community because it's partially centralized they have like a team of blog producers it's like 21 blog producers and they could theoretically work together and like freeze transactions and stuff but recently us has been used for dApp development and there is a community behind it and now it's rallying like it went down a lot and this is a principle that we're probably going to see as some bullish sentiment arrives in this market like some of these cryptocurrencies went down a lot like us is one of them it went down like way more than other ones and so it has a lot more room to come back. So it's, it seems to be rallying more than other cryptocurrencies on bullish days. Litecoin, up 0.2%. Bitcoin Cash, up 1%. Bitcoin Cash is at $144. That's well above its lows, less than $100, but still way below when it was pre-fork. It was like over $600 before that fork in mid-November. So Bitcoin Cash did really horrible. Uh, Stellar... Up half a percent, Tron TRX up one percent. Seems like that Tron rally is pretty much over. It's moving with the rest of the market now. Before Tron was kind of like independently going up a lot, um, and that was because it was kind of competing with Ethereum for DApp development. But I guess something changed, and now it's just kind of going with the rest of the market. Binance Coin up two point six percent. Of course, it was down yesterday, and we're kind of seeing that trend. We saw this trend in the ten days between February eighth and February eighteenth, where like. There was a down day, and then there was an up day, and then there was a down day, and then there was an up day. Basically, like, was canceling each other out. So, we're kind of seeing that. Like, yesterday, everything went down. Today, everything's going up. Kind of cancels each other out. All right. Cardano, ADA, up 0.7%. Bitcoin SV, up 1.2%. So, it's $66. Monero, XMR, up 2.3%. IOTA, up half a percent. Dash, up 1.5%. It's an update across all the cryptos besides Ripple. Dogecoin is up 0.7%. So basically all the major cryptocurrencies are up today. We got a little bullish sentiment, but it just cancels out the bearish sentiment from yesterday. The total crypto market cap has increased in the past 24 hours about from like 133 billion up to as high as 135.5 billion, but it's actually at 135 billion now. So that's about a $2 billion increase in the past 24 hours. That's par for the course. There's some interesting news stories today. So apparently... 
the Bitcoin developers, according to this, and I can't really believe it, but they've been talking about increasing the Bitcoin supply, and it's not really a serious thing right now. And then uh, Vlad Van Der Lan, which is like one of the known Bitcoin developers, well known, he says there's no way he would agree to that. And he says that the Bitcoin core developers try to push through a Bitcoin supply increase, like he would absolutely reject it and everyone else should reject it too. Yeah, if they increased the Bitcoin supply, it would like totally ruin the market. Because like, first off, Bitcoin's already in a huge bear market. Why would they be talking about this now? They say the idea is that increasing the Bitcoin supply lowers the transaction fees. That doesn't really make sense. Uh, it's like basically saying, yeah, if you devalue Bitcoin, then like the amount per Satoshi is like less in dollars. That doesn't, that's not very smart. I don't think this would ever pass. Like, Bitcoin is decentralized. In order for our change, like, increasing the supply to go through, like, everyone would have to agree on it, and I don't think anyone would agree on it. Like, literally, if developers tried to push this through, there would be a coup d'etat, and we'd have a new developer team. And Bitcoin doesn't even really need a developer team. It was very important in the beginning, like, when Satoshi was working with Gavin Anderson and Hal Finney. That was important. There was a lot of bugs and stuff, and they fixed it, but now, like, Bitcoin is working perfectly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Bitcoin developers, though, you know, they're computer programmers, and they really care about Bitcoin. And they love working on Bitcoin. And that might actually cause, in a sense, like them to do too much. Like if they if they are a Bitcoin developer and they're in that Bitcoin developer team, which isn't really needed anymore, they might be like, oh, we got to do something. We got to change something or we're, you know, we're not doing anything. So like they'll brainstorm ideas and try to implement changes when it's not really needed. And like the last change that they implemented that was big was segregated witness, SegWit, which has caused people... To like really have a horrible debate like it caused the bitcoin cash fork and whatever you say about whatever side of the debate you're on it did cause a huge fight i think in reality segregated witness was not really needed it, like it did increase the block sizes to like 1.2 or 1.3 megabytes which is helpful but at the same time craig wright does put forth some good points like it actually kind of ruins bitcoin's code a bit they probably could have left that alone and then bitcoin cash community would not exist and that was a bad fight for everyone. And then when Bitcoin Cash forked into Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV, that ruined the whole market. So it's not good to have all these Bitcoin forks around. And that was caused by them implementing SegWit. Theoretically, something like that could happen again in the future. And hopefully they stop making changes to Bitcoin. And, you know, any change has to be approved by the public. And, like, in the case of Bitcoin Cash, that kind of shows how it's decentralized. Because, like, these people did not agree with the segregated witness, so they split off into their own version. And that's actually, like, kind of a threat. Like, let's say they make changes, like SegWit, but something else, and it causes a piece of the community to split. The community becomes weaker. There's less people in the Bitcoin community when that happens. So, hopefully, the whole entire community and all the miners especially are aware, like, please don't put through changes anymore and don't support it. Bitcoin is perfect as it is. All right. Other news of the day. Russia is apparently ready to, like, launch an oil-backed cryptocurrency. Doesn't that sound a lot like Venezuela's Petro? Well, Russia's State Duma is paving the way for this. It probably won't be as corrupt as Venezuela's Petra. Like, the Venezuela Petra is an existing cryptocurrency. There was lots of speculation for months that it didn't even exist. So it is a cryptocurrency, the Venezuela Petra, but there's absolutely no oil backing and no infrastructure in place to actually have oil backing the Petra. I think Russia will do a better job. Basically, they saw Venezuela's idea that Venezuela did not implement properly because Venezuela is low on money and they just needed to get money with the Petra. But Russia could do this the right way and really back cryptocurrency of oil. So we'll see how this plays out. This is pretty promising, actually. I think an oil-backed cryptocurrency is a great idea because we have, like, Tether, like, the stablecoin backed by the U.S. dollar. Why not have a stablecoin backed by oil? And if you actually have, like, an oil facility and you, like, put, like, you know, uh, QR codes or something on each of the oil 
barrels or something like that and then connect it to one of the oil coins, then, yeah, that would work. And the, you just got to do it in a really honest way. And, you know, of course, there might be corruption creeping in. They could theoretically lie about how much oil they have and issue more oil tokens to kind of print money that way. And that's all very possible. But we also got to give it a fair shot and be like, okay, maybe they could do it. It is Russia. They're pretty powerful and big country. They probably wouldn't do it completely a scam. And if anything happened, it might be just some people working in that department that might be trying to make some money illegally, which would, of course, be a crime. There's crimes with every sort of financial thing in existence. So, yeah, I'm not uh, shooting this down. This might be a good idea to have an oil-backed cryptocurrency. That'd be great for the oil market. It's like it could actually bring cryptocurrency into the oil market. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, though. It's not like Bitcoin. Uh, like all these stable coins, like even if it's oil backed, has really nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's a good use of blockchain technology. It could help make the financial markets and the oil market more liquid. But it, like investing in it is not investing in crypto. It's just a stable coin. Basically, if you're investing in an oil backed stable coin, you're investing in oil. It's not investing in the crypto markets. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Another news of the day. Uh, Latin America's uh, biggest investment bank is apparently planning on launching a security token. This is kind of like an ICO. So the, this investment bank is called Banco BTG Pacuel. And uh, they're planning to raise like $15 million in their security token offering STO, which is basically an initial coin offering. And that's pretty much legal over there in Brazil, I guess. So it isn't that big of a deal that bank in brazil is doing a 15 million dollar ico at least like that specific thing isn't that big of a deal but if it opens the door for all the banks in the world to start doing icos that could be something interesting and you know like let's say a really serious bank in the united states manages to pull off an sto like there was a lot of talk about jpm coin from jp morgan chase it's an internal cryptocurrency that's actually a stable coin based on like the dollar used for moving money between accounts in a cryptographic blockchain way. So that's not even a big deal. Like any sort of stable coin that's based on the dollar, that's not something to invest in. But in this case, with this bank in Brazil, this investment bank, they're actually launching a token that you can actually invest in. It. it could go up and down in value. It's not pegged to the dollar or anything. If a bank in the United States could somehow do that, like... JP Morgan or like any other banks like Wells Fargo or Bank of America, which I don't think they'd be willing to do it, it would be a big deal. In fact, expanding on this idea even further, like every company in the US could start launching a security token offering and then it would become like the stock market except on the crypto markets. That'd be like the ultimate plan from all of this and people are getting excited about that just from hearing about literally a bank in Brazil doing an STO. That's all we have for you today on this February 22nd, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ for the most important and interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ trading desk. There's a 14-day free trial right now. They made over 280% profit since July, even in the worst of the bear market. And they post their trades in real time and you can actually ask them questions in real time. And you can become an expert crypto trader yourself and make money in any market condition. This is your Space Marine signing out. I remain in space.